get hype about that. Get emotional about that. That God turned some things around in my life. See, some of you came out of mother's womb speaking in tongues with a halo over your head. You've been good all your life. But that wasn't the case for me. God had to change (laughs) this crazy dude and calm him down and give him the power of the Holy Ghost, which is the Spirit of God dwelling in you. Luke chapter 24, 49 says, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Jesus said, I need you to tarry in Jerusalem. I need you to wait in the holy city for the promise of my spirit upon you. Now, I don't know about you, but that is pretty incredible to me. To understand the fact that the creator of this world, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the one that spoke this world into existence is going to dwell upon you. He's going to dwell in you. All you have to do is tarry, wait upon him. Can I tell some? It may take a day. It may take a month. It may take a year. But it also may just be in an instant. It may just come on all of you sudden like the sound of a rushing mighty wind that can blow upon you. Our job, we cannot manufacture it. Like I said, I can't give you the Holy Ghost. As much as I want to, I can't. And can I just pause for just a little bit and tell you, you can't buy your way into this. You can't work your way into this. There is nothing you can do to earn this. You do not get good to get God. You get God to get good. And God says all you have to do is wait on it because I'm going to give you a piece of me. I'm going to fill you with my spirit, saith the Lord. All I need to do is wait. Don't get in a hurry. Forget about our schedules. Forget about how important we think we are. Forget about what you think you need to be doing and forget about what it's going to sound like. You've got to, like I said this morning, let go of the reins, right? Some of you weren't here this morning, but I'll say it again. I rode a horse on Bishop's property several years ago that was broke Spanish style. I thought he was supposed to ride like this, but he rode like this. I'm facing this way, horses facing that way. I'm pulling on the reins. I don't know how 
many acres it is around your complex. 12 acres. Pastors on that horse. 12 acres. Whoa, whoa, the whole time. Get off that horse and I want to kick that horse. Anxiety, frustration, hostility. I was like, that dumb horse. And all of a sudden, Francisco gets on it. And Francisco lights upon that saddle. And then just starts prancing. You know, I'm telling you, the horse just looks so nice. And I'm like, that wasn't the same horse I was on. <laughs> and then he touched it and he went down on all fours. The problem was, I was holding the reins too tight. He let go of the reins. The same is when we want God's spirit upon us. We cannot manufacture it. We cannot control it. We can only control us. And we can control what comes in and what goes out. And God is saying, the only way that I can come on you is you gotta let go of the reins and you've gotta wait for me because I'm going to endue you with power. Is there anybody that knows what I'm talking about? Anybody remember that day that God filled you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Remember that day when you had your hands raised and you weren't sure about this Holy Ghost and you weren't sure about this experience, but all of a sudden God and heaven and the angels came upon you and your hands were raised and you were speaking in tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. I'm telling you, there's nothing like the power of His Spirit. Somebody ought to lift up your voice right now and thank God. Somebody ought to give him praise. Somebody ought to give him a shout. Thank you, God. Problem with a lot of people is they think they deserve it. I'm entitled to this, Brother Mondo. I've got family heritage in this. Can I tell you, God's no respecter of person. It doesn't matter what your last name is. Doesn't matter the color of skin, the dialect you speak. Doesn't matter the car you drove up on or the huffy you rode on. God's no respecter of persons. Doesn't matter what kind of house you live in, how much money you got. What matters is, is one word and that word is called faith. Faith. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. You'll never be able to please God if you don't have faith. You say, well, I don't have faith. Well, that's a lie. Because the Bible says all men have been given the measure of faith. The problem is for many, they don't use it. They 
don't use faith. They use Excedrin. They use Tylenol. Pastor, you preaching about Tylenol? No, I ain't preaching about Tylenol. But when was the last time you had a headache and before you reached for the bottle, you reached for God? When was the last time before you picked up the phone to schedule your doctor's appointment that you raised your hand and said, God, I just need you to touch my body right now. I'm telling you, we've got to learn to activate faith. That's what God responds to. It's faith to believe that the promises of God that are in this book, that they are for me. We had an incredible Bible study at my house last night. We had an incredible time. We started talking about the word of God. There's power in this. And I understand that God has given me the same power or the same opportunity that he gave to the acts of the apostles. And I told them the reason why there's no amen at the end of Acts is why. It ain't done yet. I had a helmet back in the day when I rode dirt bikes. I say I rode dirt bikes. I rode one dirt bike in one race. (laughs) And on the helmet it said, you ain't seen nothing yet. And I was on my bicycle, first time, never took a practice lap up on this hill. There's a big old plywood thing to hold your your tire. And all of a sudden they dropped that plywood and the bike. And I flipped head over heels. (laughs) But my helmet said, you ain't seen nothing yet. (laughs) Can I tell you, it doesn't matter how many times you've messed up. It doesn't matter the mistakes that you've made. It doesn't matter your past, your failures. What matters today is you're in the house of God. And you let the devil know you ain't seen nothing yet. I may have messed up. I may have some mistakes. But rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. For when I fall, I shall arise. Why? Because there's a God that's fighting for me. He said, when you sit in darkness, I will be a light unto you. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord because God brought you here tonight. So that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. Acts 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They got together for the purpose to wait on him. What a noble idea. And when they did, when they got together, can I tell you, there's a power in getting together. Now listen, the reason why a lot of people don't receive the Holy Ghost is they got too many doubters around. We got too many Holy Ghost detectives that don't worship, that don't get involved, that sit way back there, unmoved, until they see somebody raising their hands. And now all of a sudden they're running down here to find out the commotion. And somebody's saying, he's got the Holy Ghost, and they're like, I don't believe it. God wouldn't give him the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you, doubt will stop the Holy Ghost. One of our dates that me and my wife, my girlfriend, was on. 
I don't, it was too late. I, I don't know why I'm, I don't know how late it was, but we were, it was after church, but it was late. On the streets of San Antonio, Texas, at General Conference, we're leaving church and we're walking across the road and this lady on a four-lane highway rolls her window down, a taxi cab driver, and said, hey, are you with the conference? And we said, yes, we're with the conference. Some of you heard this story, but humor me. I'm old, I'm getting old. But she said, I got the Holy Ghost last night. We're like, thank God for that. But quickly she changed. She said, but I went back today and they said I didn't get the Holy Ghost because I was a taxi cab driver. God gave her the greatest gift that mankind could ever receive. And there was a doubter that said, God wouldn't get you the Holy Ghost. You don't fit the part. And I said, you know what? If you'll stand up right now, I don't care what they said. Stand up in the middle of the road and lift up your hands. We're going to pray for you and God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. She got out of her car. She raised her hand. We laid our hands on her and she received the baptism of the Holy Ghost again with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. I'm telling you, this Holy Ghost is real. But you got to have faith. You got to have faith to believe that God can do it for you. They got together, and when they did, suddenly there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. And all they had to do, Sister McIntosh, was wait for it. Man didn't give them the Holy Ghost. But God did. It was not a man-made language. The Spirit gave them utterance and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Now watch what happened. Watch what transpired after the Holy Ghost came upon them. After they had a Holy Ghost encounter, verse number five says, and there were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men, religious men, <laughs> out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these speak Galileans? What they were saying was, These are ignorant men. These men are from Galilee. They only speak Galilean. How are they speaking my language? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born. Then it goes on all the different uh, dialects, Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, and the dwellers in Mesopotamia, and in Judea, and, and Cappadocia, and in Pontus, and in Asia, and, and Perga, and Pamphylia, and Egypt, and in the parts of Libya about Cyrene, and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our own tongues 
the wonderful works of God. How is it they are speaking in my language? The Bible says in verse 12, and they were all amazed and were in doubt saying one to another, what means this? I like their words in those days. What meaneth this? How is this possible? Can I tell you, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and the Spirit begins to give you utterance, you are going to speak in another language. It may be Spanish, it may be Japanese, and it may be a language that is only known in heaven. You may not understand what you're saying, but God does. And when the Spirit takes control, the Spirit knows what to pray for. Romans 8, 28 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. That's what happens when the Holy Ghost comes on you. But notice, notice in verse 13, notice what the naysayers are saying. Notice what the haters do. Because I tell you every time you try to do something for the kingdom of God, every time you make a declaration, I'm gonna live for God, I'm gonna give God my best. Haters, they come from all over. Others, verse 13, mocking said, these men are full of new wine. They're drunk. They're mad. They're mad. It's a new thing for our kids. They're mad. But thank God for Peter. Peter stands up with the 11. He lifts up his voice and says unto them, ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose. See, it's but the third hour of the day. Nine in the morning, guys. But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days my spirit and they shall prophesy. So what are you saying? What you are hearing, this is the power of the Holy Ghost. This is the Spirit of God dwelling in us. This is what the prophet Joel was speaking about. When God fills you with the Holy Ghost, he gives you power to speak in other tongues. It is the evidence of the Holy Ghost. It is the power of his Spirit. And can I tell somebody tonight that God wants to dwell in everybody. God wants to fill everybody with his spirit. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but as long-suffering to us were, not willing that should any perish, but that all should come to everlasting life. What does that mean? That means not everybody is going to agree with it. 
Not everybody's going to say, I believe it. I receive it. It's God's will. It's everybody gets it. God's will is that nobody perish. But the sobering fact is, straight is the gate and narrow is the way. And few there be that find it. Bible said in Isaiah, hell hath enlarged herself. Hell was not created for us. It was created for the devils and his angels. But the problem, the hearts of men are making up their mind. I don't need God. I got my bank account. I've got my 401k. I've got the preacher on the TV screen. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to be submitted. But there's coming a day where we're going to stand before God and he's going to open up the book of our life and he'll say words because there'll be people say, hey, I prophesied in your name. I preached in your name. And the Lord's going to say, depart from you, you worker of iniquity. I know you're not. You didn't have time for me. God's will is that none should perish. He wants everybody to experience this. That's why when the people saw this great miracle, they had Peter begin to preach. And what happened after Peter preached? They were pricked in their heart. They were convicted in their hearts. And they said in Acts 2.37, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? The million dollar question. How can I be saved? How can I get what you have? How can I get this power? Acts 2, 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. It was the same message that Jesus gave to Nicodemus in John chapter 3 when he said, Rabbi, what must I do to be saved? Jesus said, except a man be born again except a man be born of the water and of the spirit. That's the only way you can enter the kingdom of God. Is it abundant life sinners? Dogma, no. It's the word of God. And I challenge you tonight, don't let family traditions blind you to truth. That's why the Bible says, study to show thyself to prove unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. This is what it's all about. It is the plan of salvation. So then how do we get it? How do we receive the power of the Holy Ghost? What a great question you asked. Can I tell you the first step, a step you can't bypass Told you it's going to be more of like a teaching lesson. But the first step, everybody should know this, it's repentance. 
You can't negate this step. You can't receive the Holy Ghost until you repent, die out from the flesh, turn from your wicked ways. It's like I was telling you girls, you're driving down the road and you see the red lights flashing. It's the popo. And you pull over and they say, you were speeding, you go, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you're a liar. You would either set that on cruise control over the speed limit or your foot got heavy to the metal. And now you told the cop, you're sorry, you're not sorry. You're sorry you got caught. Because when the cop's gone, guess what? Your lead foot's going to happen again. Well, but, but I'm late for an appointment. Well, you're speeding. God says you can't be sorry you got caught. You got to make up your mind. I'm turning away from sin. I used to be bound to this and bound to that. I'm not going back there. You say, well, I haven't sinned. Could somebody quote Romans 3.23? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I believe Romans even also said, for by one man's sin, many were made sinners. That's us, Adam. Because of what Adam and Eve did, it wasn't Eve's fault. We won't blame the lady. Ladies, it's the dude. The dude got us in trouble, not you. Because the dude was standing right there. And guess what? He remained quiet. He didn't say, Eve, put that down. Walk away from that tree. Man, he should have built a fence over that. Can I tell you as a parent, and only parents understand this right now. Kids, you may not understand yet. Young ladies, young men, you may not understand this yet. But when you become a parent, you get questions like, well, I don't know why I can't do that and I can't go there. And why we... Because you're a Grogan. I don't care what they're doing. They're not my kid. You're my kids. They, could, they, they had no idea. Why do we have to go to bed when the light's you know, still up? It's 8.30 at night because I said so. Because I, 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 I want to date my girlfriend. She got home from work and spent some time talking with her. Why can't I hang with those people? Well, they don't go to church. They're disrespectful to their... We, we, we've got to stand up. And we've got to look out who our kids are hanging with. We got to be a parent. I know I'm meddling a little bit, but we're not called to be their best friend. We're called to be their parent. I don't care if they don't want to come to church. As for me and my house, we are going to church. The day you pay for the electric and the water bill and the food you eat is the day you can make the rules. But you're under my roof and I'm going to tell you what you can and can't do. Well, that's not very nice. Well, I'm not called to be nice. Called to be a parent. Called to help you. I'm called to say no now so I can say yes to you later. I'm looking out for your best interest. 
So that's why we've got to make up our mind first step in getting God pleased in us is we've got to say, God, I'm sorry. Search the cracks and crevices in my heart. Search the things that should not be there. Forgive me. And some of you know things that you're doing that you should not be doing. Things you are looking at that you should not be looking at. Things you are listening to that you should not be listening to. Don't wait for somebody to catch you. Cut it off. Kill it. Repent of it. I'm not going to let that bring me to hell. That's what the Bible says. He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, for him it is sin. What happens with sin? For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. I'm preaching a way to heaven. I'm preaching a way where you can have power. You can have a new life. But it starts with repentance. Brother Alex, you can come. Second step is in baptism. And I'm looking forward to baptizing in Jesus' name. To be buried with him in baptism. To bury the old man. To have a do-over in life. Well, we read yesterday in Bible study, right, where some got the Holy Ghost first and then they were baptized, right? And then we read that some got baptized and then got the Holy Ghost. That process doesn't matter what time it happens. First step is repentance. You've got to repent. Because I received the Holy Ghost at a camp at 15 and then I decided I'm going to get baptized. See, I, I was raised up Catholic. Any former Catholics in the house tonight? When I got the Holy Ghost, it was like I killed the Pope. That Brother Mendez, I committed the unpardonable sin. I broke family tradition. And when I told them that I got the Holy Ghost, they're like, you're a traitor. And it was tough. For like four years, I lived with that thought, well, you're brainwashed. They're just brainwashing you. Well, in the truth, some of that is true. Because we have been world washed. We have been sin washed. But when you get the revelation of God, you become God washed. I think the Bible says something like, be transformed by the renewing of your mind when God shows you scripture. He enlightens you. And then you have the problem with it is once you've heard the word of God, now the ball's in your court. Because you have to choose. Am I going to listen to this? That's old-fashioned. 
God loves everybody. I know I'm taking a little bit of time, but that's, is that okay tonight? I got the mic, so I'm going to keep going. But I'm closing it down. But I was at Santa Monica. And I said this story, but I'm not going to give it all to what I was talking about. But I had someone ask me if I thought they were going to heaven. But they weren't really asking me. They were wanting me to pat them on the back. And that whole video, for those of you that have seen that video, everybody in that video said, man, God loves everybody. Heaven, everybody's going to heaven. Not everybody's going to heaven. That hurts my heart to think about that. Can I tell you people that even sit in our pews, not everybody sitting on our pews going to heaven. You got things in your spirit, you got things in your life that's not right, you know what it is, and you don't die out of it. Ain't gonna make it. There's gonna be another revival. Another time. You gotta make up your mind. I'm changing some things. I'm breaking the curse. I'm not going down that road anymore. I'm not going to let that mess me up, trip me up anymore. I'm repenting of it. And then I'm making the choice to be baptized. You got to get the notion out. You don't have to get baptized. You get to get baptized. You got to get the notion out. You don't have to get the Holy Ghost. You get to get the Holy Ghost. So you make the choice to be baptized in Jesus' name. Repentance is like if anybody ever worked on a car before. Your hands got all dirty and greasy and all that stuff. I remember one time I came in, I'm like, baby, I'm a mechanic. I got grease everywhere. Brother Mondo, I was not a mechanic. I did not fix it. I thought I did. But I got that orange gook. Is that what it's called? It's, it's a slimy thing. And anybody know what I'm talking about? You're rubbing your hands. And all of a sudden that grease is kind of getting away, but guess what? It's still on. It's not until I get the water and I wash it off. Repentance is the gook. But baptism is the cleansing. And when you come up, you're a brand new creature. And now God's saying, I'm going to fill you with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to allow my spirit to dwell on the inside of you. And you're going to speak in tongues as the spirit gives the utterance. Would you stand your feet with me tonight? Would you raise your hands and raise your voice? Could you just love God? Could you just love God that you're here today? That God loves you? That God's designed this service for you? And that you're going to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So the first step is repentance. Second step is baptism. But the third step is a great step. It's the step of faith. 
Because I can't give you this gift. This church can't give you this gift. No man can give it to you. It comes from God. And you must have faith that he'll give it to you. It's all a matter of faith. And you must first believe that you'll speak in tongues. You must first believe that he'll fill you with it because it's a gift that God wants you to give to you. You don't beg God for it. You just begin to worship God. You begin to praise God. And you've got to let go of the reins and worship God. And lastly, you must be loud. You must be vocal. Well, but if I'm vocal and I'm loud, everybody's going to talk about me. What's this guy on? Is this guy drunk? Is he filled with new wine? Get those doubters and naysayers out of the way. I want the Holy Ghost tonight. So all we do is raise our hands and we begin to worship God. And God begins to let the cloven tongues like as a fire sit upon us. And then all of a sudden, without you knowing, you let go of the reins. God begins to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And you begin to speak with other tongues. Anybody believe that tonight? Now this is a big step. This is a big step. I want to open this altar right here. For those that have never spoken in tongues before that would like to speak in tongues, would you come real quick? Don't want to embarrass you, okay? And all of you tongue talkers already, what we're going to do, because there's many of you, go ahead and just worship God, begin to talk to God. Many of you, God wants to revolutionize your world and your family. And God wants to refill you with the Holy Ghost. He wants to refill you with His Spirit because your home needs it, your family needs it, your marriage needs it. Everybody needs that fire from heaven to fall upon us. Everybody needs this fresh Holy Ghost. So as we begin to pray, step out from where you are, get an aisle and raise your hands and worship God and the Holy Ghost is fixing to be poured out upon us right now. Would you lift your voice right now? Would you lift your voice right now? And I need only those of faith, only those that faith to believe that God can fill with the Holy Ghost to be down here because we're going to pray and God's going to fill him with the Holy Ghost. Would you pray right now? Hallelujah. right here. Come on, that's it. 
That's a Holy Ghost. Here it comes. It's all over you right now. Sinner, lift up your voice right now. That's the love of God. Come on, lay your hand on somebody. Pray for somebody. Let's link up together. Let's get this Holy Ghost together. Refill together. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, God. But I feel the rushing mighty wind. I feel the wind of the Holy Ghost in this house tonight. Shataraka. Come on, come on. Step out from where you are. Get in the aisle. Raise your hands. God, I'm running to you. Taking steps towards you. I'm walking towards you. Hallelujah. Yes, God. Yes, God. Hallelujah. That's it, baby. Yes. Hashatarako. That's the Spirit of God. That's the Spirit of God. That's His gift. That's His gift. I love you, Jesus. I choose you, God. I choose you, God. I choose you, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh. Holy Ghost is real. This Holy Ghost is real. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh. 
Hallelujah. Come on. This is for you. It's for you. For all that are afar off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, oh, I love you, God. Come on, lift your voice all across this building. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Oh, yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Hallelujah. 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 Sharakaya Torasi. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Keep praying. Those that are going to get baptized, please follow my wife over here and we're going to baptize you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hey, is that her?
Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, God. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 